Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hello, I'm Julie Gould and this is Working Scientist, a Nature Careers podcast. Welcome to the series Beyond Academia, where we explore the movement of people between academia and other sectors. Over the last five episodes of this series, Beyond Academia, we've explored how people move between sectors, from academia to industry and the other way across a porous membrane that exists between them. This membrane, albeit metaphorical, is in a way a very real barrier to some people switching between careers. The differences in working cultures and environments make breaking through the barrier difficult. So in this last episode of the series, I want to explore, is there a way to remove this barrier, this membrane? Is there a way that cooperation and collaboration can work seamlessly where people can move from industry to academia and back again without any problems. Some believe yes, some believe no, and some believe maybe. I asked some of the people who I spoke to for this series about whether or not they believe these barriers can be broken down. The first person I asked was David Bogle, the pro-vice-provost of the doctoral school at the University College London, as he was the one who first spoke to me about the movement of people between sectors. I would like to see um, that membrane limited, but I don't see any activity to reduce it. There's talk of improving research culture, but not reducing the hyper expectations of researchers. So it will always be difficult for them to step aside and move. Fiona Watt previously the director of the Medical Research Council here in the UK and now the newly appointed director of EMBO, the European Molecular Biology Organisation, believes that there is a bright future for the collaboration between industry and academia, especially in the biomedical sciences field where she has spent her career. But she also believes that we need to be careful about what it means for the traditional university setting. The engine of success may shift from being the universities to being other ways in, or environments in which research is done. So the risk would be that universities simply produce the researchers who then are dispersed and have careers outside of academia. So then, then who, who would lose? Well, uh, the mission of biomedical research would be a winner. The individual people who followed those careers would be winners but potentially the losers would be 
the conventional university academic setting. That's, that's what I think we have to be really mindful of. You know, we talk a lot about the importance of diversity, but we, we often fail to think, well, you know, are we actually very attractive for a diverse workforce? And if not, we're, the, the university sector, will the, its relevance will wane. Dario Alessi, the director of the Division of Signal Transduction Therapy at the University of Dundee in Scotland, thinks that removing these barriers is possible, as long as there's trust. I think there will always be a type of barrier. I mean, ideally, there will be, the barrier will be less, but, you know, the Conway companies work, they're working on... Uh, often quite confidential projects, they're competing with other companies, they can't be as open and transparent about what they're doing, at least, you know, in certain stages of the project. And there's a lot of legal restraints, how how companies work and how people working in the companies, what they can share, what they can talk about, you know, which makes it difficult, I think, for them to often, you know, interact freely with, with academics unless they trust them, unless the right agreements are in place to enable the communications and exchange of reagents to take place. That, that creates a barrier, but it's not insurmountable. You know, there's a barrier, you have to get the legal aspects and confidentiality aspects in place, and then, and then you can work together. The most important thing, I think, in any collaboration is trust. This shouldn't be overlooked. Long-term trust in a collaboration will um, really enable the barriers to be dissolved to, to, to a bare minimum. Now, some groups have actually tried breaking down these barriers and they have had a lot of success. One example is based in the Netherlands. The Eindhoven University of Technology in the Netherlands was founded in 1956 as a request by the government and by the local industry. Technology giants like Philip Electronics and DAF were looking for a place where engineers could be trained up, ready to enter into the workforce with all the skills and knowledge they needed for the job. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. From the origin of the Eindhoven University of Technology, uh, from the very, say, background, uh, working together with industry, uh, reaching out to industry, having exchanges between staff uh, from industry, academia, is in our blood and our genes. That was Robert Jan Smit, the president of the Eindhoven University of Technology. He's been working there for almost two and a half years. And he told me that there are several ways in which the university serves the industry sector. The first is, like any other university, it is to provide talent to the industrial sector. The second is to work on collaborative projects whereby very often, uh, for instance now, artificial intelligence is a big thing. The high-tech industry is indeed uh, investing big time in artificial intelligence. And therefore, we have set up an institute on artificial intelligence at the university, where we are working very much with the industry, the high-tech industry, on specific applications, like, for instance, for uh, medical diagnostic tools and for uh, automotive. 
And the third is within their educational system, which is influenced by the industrial sector. The university has invested in something called challenge-based learning. These are uh, uh, groups of students who are addressing a given challenge. And a lot of these challenges are defined by the high-tech industry in our region. Uh, the defined algorithms which allow us to do this and this and that. And then a group of students uh, go after that. And the final way that the sectors collaborate is that there is porosity. A lot of uh, um, researchers from industry which are teachers, professors at our university, they have assignment at our university. We have people from our university who work at industry uh, a few days a week. But, says Robert, there do need to be some boundaries set in place. Otherwise, this collaborative environment wouldn't work. And the first of these is academic freedom. We have our own specific objective, mandate, mission, uh, uh, role in society. And of course, we work with industry, but autonomy is for us key. We, of course, do research and the facts, the results of our research are published. And we are publishing these results, whatever the outcome is. So in other words, even if the industry may not be happy with the outcome, we still publish. We are sticking to, of course, uh, scientific autonomy. The other boundary condition is with regards to property rights. It's quite important as well that you have very clear arrangements about intellectual property so that there's no misunderstanding when you generate knowledge, how it can be used by the researcher at the university and by the company with whom you are working together. And so far, we have not encountered major difficulties in that. The Eindhoven University of Technology is actually part of a larger innovation ecosystem where the high-tech industry is located. In the 1980s, Philips and DAF were the biggest companies in Eindhoven, but they were in crisis. After major restructuring and with the help of the city, Philips decided to open their doors and literally knock down the fences to allow for more collaboration with the rest of society. And they embraced an open innovation uh, philosophy. And they let others come in. Uh, they opened their labs. They went for cooperation. And that, I think, um, has led to the success of the region, cooperation, uh, reaching out to each other and partnership. This larger ecosystem is called Brainport. Where there is a beautiful cooperation in the triple helix context where the uh, local government the high-tech industry and the university work together in this brainport setting. And um, there is a multi-annual agenda strategy developed jointly, whether it is with regard to the uh, mayor and the mayor's office here in Eindhoven, or it's the high-tech industry or the university. Together, we define the strategy, the vision, and the ambition of our region. And we make uh, sure that there are no bottlenecks or stumbling blocks to make this function. So I think that's very much the, 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 the reason why also, despite our origin that we have been created, the request of industry, that things in our region work extremely smooth because there is this constant interaction and dialogue. Because at the end of the day, it's all about trust. It's about human interactions. It's uh, uh, reaching out to each other and being willing to share things and to be open. So how can other universities embrace this openness with the other sectors in order to allow for more porosity? Robert believes that biases need to be gotten rid of. For instance, the belief within the academic community that publications done in collaboration with industry are of lower quality, less impact 
and fewer citations. The other fear, says Robert, is that the industry will dictate the direction of research. And to that he says, what would be the point? Well, our industry in our region is not at all dictating our research or trying to manipulate it. They want to have the best knowledge that is available. And they often tell us to be completely out of the box thinking. Uh, one of the companies recently tell us, and it was a very interesting discussion, the CEO said, I have only one request to you at the university here in Eindhoven, surprise us. Surprise us, challenge us, come with complete out of the box thinking, new ideas. Even if they are crazy and completely upsetting our current way of working, that's what we expect from you. So if you are willing to reach out to your environment, to the industry in your region, and uh, you build up trust, you will discover that you can work as university in autonomy. You can discover that you have allies and partners who are willing to think with you, to embark on uh, public-private partnerships, who are willing to support your students, and who are willing to think with you also long-term in the benefit of society. So it's a win-win for everyone, but there are still so many barriers and walls between academia and industry. And I see that also in other universities in the Netherlands. And it's time that we break those down. If these barriers can be broken down and these biases can be removed, like at the Eindhoven University of Technology, then porosity may become more fluid. Here's hoping. Thanks for listening. I'm Julie Gould. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 